I'm gonna need a five-star review. Five-star ride. I'd like to share with you one of our five-star reviews. Hey, five stars. Back with you on Fizz Radio, Matt Bonaparte, as well as Ian Unsworth. It's five-star review time on Fizz Radio. We'll be talking Justin Taylor, Donovan Klingon, as well as Kyle Filipowski. Let's start off with Taylor. Of course, he committed to Syracuse back on June 26th. He's coming to SU, Ian. How big is he going to be for the class of 22? He fills in Buddy Bayheim's void, which we're all expecting after this season because Bayheim has that extra COVID year of eligibility left. But no matter who you, you're reading, whether it's Matthew Gutierrez, whether it's the Fizz, whether it's anybody else out there in the Syracuse stratosphere, people are expecting Buddy Bayheim to make the NBA leap and be a somewhere, I would say, a round two selection, which is not terrible for a guy that came in as a in, in one of the top 300 recruits in the country. He was not nationally recognized, so a great jump. But Taylor fulfills that void. He's a knockdown three-point shooter. His shot is effortless and repeatable. And also, he brings traits that Beheim has developed. Like we talked about earlier on, Buddy Beheim's added something new to his game every single year. I think Justin Taylor's offensive skill set is a bit farther along than Bayheim's already. And a four-star, as, as ESPN just released ESPN 100 yesterday, he was ranked number 99 out of 100. A four-star for Syracuse is a pretty big deal nowadays, so for SU to go down to Virginia and take this guy right out of the backyards of the Cavaliers as well as the Hokies I think is a pretty big deal. Um, and I think as well that he's going to prove in incredibly effective for Syracuse, especially if Buddy Beheim does make that leap to the NBA. And if most of that roster does kind of dissipate after this season, I think that Justin Taylor will come in and, and with Kamari Lands kind of build a new foundation for SU and, and put them on the right track that they need to be going forward and hopefully bring SU back to where it was in the recruiting landscape maybe five or six years ago when they were bringing in five-star recruits left and right. So I think that this class of 22, especially if they do go out and get a couple more guys who we're going to talk about, uh, I think they're going to be pretty big. And let's start talking about those guys. You've got Kyle Filipowski and Donovan Klingon, a couple of guys who could really bolster SU's class, but not only that, but also fix the big man issue that Syracuse has had for some time now. The last one, of course, everyone likes to talk about was Rakeem Christmas, and before that, probably Fab Mello. So, without a big man that Syracuse has been able to rely on, guys are, you know, fans are looking towards the program saying, you gotta get a big man. That's the only way you're going to succeed deep into the NBA or into the NCAA tournament. Uh, does Filipowski do that? Does Klingon do that? Most likely, but here's the bigger question. Is Filipowski even considering Syracuse at this point? That's a, that's a big if. Big, big question. Because he got four crystal balls for Duke with a seven confidence rating. I don't take much stock into that. But four of them, all in the snap of a finger after one quick official visit, does not sound good. And he's been leaning Syracuse for a while. He's It's up there with Ohio State. Indiana, Boston College, but it's it's Duke and it's it's a legendary program. Just like Syracuse, you're going net for neck for neck with these comparisons. And at the end of the day, Duke just got a new head coach, so 
he's not being recruited by Coach K anymore. This is John Shire's doing, and that's not a good sign for Syracuse. If a, a big man that's from the Northeast, from Massachusetts, probably grew up watching Syracuse basketball, goes down south and is immediately just wooed by the new regime down in North Carolina. That's that's not a good sign. And you're absolutely right in, in talking about how John Shire recruited him and now is taking over the program. That's got to be great news for the Blue Devils, and I bet you that's huge in terms of Filipowski's recruiting. Um, to have the guy that was with you the entire journey of your high school, watching your games, kind of kind of trying to get you to go there the whole time, now is taking the reins of the program? Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to help. For Syracuse, it's a little bit of a different story. Jerry McNamara it was uh, recruiting Filipowski, and maybe that same similar situation happens in a couple years. I'm just saying... But uh, right now, like you mentioned, four crystal balls to Duke. And look at him. I mean, he just looks like a Duke guy. He just (laughs) does. He's 6'11", 230. Yeah, I can see that guy terrorizing the ACC for a couple years in a Blue Devils jersey. And I think the other thing that Filipowski probably saw was how much success Matthew Hurt had in a Blue Devils uniform because he fits a very similar profile and Marek Dolezal was probably offered up as a Syracuse comparison, but I hate to say it, the coaching staff put Marek Dolezal in some brutal spots. This year having Absolutely. to play center for almost the whole season because they couldn't, they, they didn't trust their backups after Sadibe went out. Matthew Hurt was given free reign. They paired him with a center, without a center. He could shoot from three. He could do whatever he wanted. There were really no limitations on his game, and I think Filipowski saw that and really saw the offensive freedom he could potentially have with a greater skill set than Matthew Hurts, let's be honest. Yeah, and let's talk about the seven-footer now. You've got Donovan Klingon right in the backyard. It's Bristol, Connecticut. I mean, it's not too far away from the SU campus. He's currently has one crystal ball prediction to go to Connecticut, um, which would make decent sense. It's even more of a backyard for them. But like we've been mentioning, Marek Dolezal had to play center all year to bring in a guy who's 7'1", 255, with any kind of offensive skill set. I'm talking anything. If you have one post move, you're better than any center on Syracuse's current roster. So to bring in a guy like this would be absolutely monumental for the program, but I really don't think that it's going to end up happening. What do you think? He was He was Syracuse's one of the earliest prospects on their radar in this class. Syracuse offered him first, and that's unfortunately what feels like is keeping the orange around. And you're completely right, Bones. Klingon is an instant impact player. He would start from day one. After Sidibe leaves, the future at the center spot is is really murky, if we're being honest. Beheim doesn't trust Edwards. He didn't this year. Frank Anselm is just kind of hidden away in the wings. John Bullshock left, didn't get any interest in the transfer portal, and came back. That That's just ridiculous within, it, within itself. But let's refocus here. Klingenwood, Klingenwood absolutely get massive minutes as a freshman. But unfortunately, Connecticut and Michigan are also offering the same sort of thing. Michigan's turning into a one-and-done school. Hunter Dickinson's going to go to the NBA after this season. Musa Diabate is more of a four- Klingon would start at the five from day one, and UConn offers exactly the same opportunity. So at the same time, when 
Syracuse is promising these things. You also have to compete against Connecticut, even closer, as you said, and Michigan, who's made a great tourney run last season and had great success in Juwan Howard, who's a, a big man, one of the greatest big men in college basketball history as your coach. Like these, these are really tough things to compete against. And I think Syracuse right now, we all know they've had some you know, sort of up and down seasons, the Sweet 16 run, bringing them back to national prominence. But right now they're just running into a bit of that recruiting wall. You can't win them all, of course, but these other schools just have a bit more to offer, I guess. Yeah, and you mentioned Jawan Howard being in Michigan and being one of the best uh, college as well as, you know, he was a great NBA big for a little bit. Uh, at Syracuse, you really don't have that. The coaching staff is Jim Beheim, Adrian Autry, Jerry McNamara, and Alan Griffin. There isn't a big man there, not even a forward there. So for Alan Griffin to be the big man coach, I'm sure when you, when he pairs that with, with looking at, at Michigan or even UConn, he's like, eh, I don't think I'll learn as much at Syracuse. You look at that Sweet 16 run, you go, okay, maybe I'll, I'll win, but you're probably not going to learn that much or develop just on paper. Um, so I think that definitely hurts Syracuse. And there's the other thing of Syracuse's offense being extremely guard-dominant. That's one sure. more side of it. Bayheim and Gerard really drive the train. And at Michigan, they're not afraid to throw it down. Juwan Howard's going to give his big men post opportunities. Same thing in Absolutely. Connecticut where with James James Booknight was their offense last year, but they're, they're still kind of reforming themselves under Dan Hurley. So they will do anything to score. If Kling is the number one option, they're throwing it down to him 10 to 15 times a game. That's just something that Syracuse can't really promise. Then again, Syracuse hasn't had a great post-up center in a long, long time, but I'm just not so sure that Jim Beheim or whoever's coaching the squad in 2022 are making that offensive adjustment to integrate a big man in. Well, you answered my question. I was going to ask you if Klingon did end up coming, would they change? You don't think so? I don't really think so either. They'd probably stick to what's been working. We'll be wrapping up shop when we come back. Fictional Fizz and Fizz Feedback are waiting for you after the break. You're listening to Orange Fizz Radio on the Sports Folks. 